<laughs> you don't have to drink it just at night. No, you could you could ignite your morning if you really wanted to. Yeah. Um, or people, your lunchtime. People work weird shifts, man. Just. Oh, you could be an alcoholic. Fireball's the way to do it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Not that we're advocating overdoing it on the fireball. And we know then, it's like that student fresher time and, oh, and stuff. Also, we've just uh, sort of had our first of many apparently uh, uh, drops of stock. Um, so, um, yes, I, I may be pulling the trigger quite hard this weekend on the old fireball. That's going to be fun. So now we've introduced the sponsors. Oh, uh, we are the Real Life Rockstars podcast. <laughs> yes. Uh, that is Mike. That's over right. there. Yeah, we're sponsored by Fireball. Yeah, and we're sponsored by Fireball, in case you didn't uh, uh, notice. But no, that's Mike. I'm Dan. And uh, some of you may know us from doing uh, the Mike James Rock Show for the last 12 ish years, um, where we, we showcase upcoming uh, new music with interviews that we do. And it was that uh, that gave us a reason to do this podcast. It's episode five. It's episode five. And part of the reason I'm giving you uh, people some history um, on this is because this one is where we honour one of the reasons. <laughs> Sorry, you just said you people. You people. Well, you people. You people. <laughs> you, you humans out there. Because last time I said you guys, you uh, genderized that comment on me. And I, I had to then. You uh, people. Just, I thought you were going to start pointing. You people. Hey, I'm not I'm not a fellow interviewer that shall remain nameless on this podcast that points at people in the middle of interviews. Anyway, <laughs> uh, no, the, uh, part of the reason I'm doing a bit of history uh, with this one is because today we are honouring, honouring one of our inspirations for doing this podcast. Yeah. But more on that in a little bit. Firstly, Mike. Yo, what up? How are you? Older. What have you been up to? I got older. You got older? Yes. He did a birthday in case you weren't <laughs> paying attention to the, um, the Rock Show's social media. Um, where it was I, quite pleasant. Very yes. chilled out. I had some days off the uh, normal job. And uh, according to Facebook, you turned 21. I know. <laughs> I had so much fun scheduling all of those posts for your birthday. Oh, bless you. Yeah. Um, what have I done? I, I didn't ask you. No, well, no. I didn't I, finish what I'd done. Well, you got older and that was it. I was going to say, I had a couple of days off work and uh, blissful and went to the beach and chilled with the niece and nephew. Did you go-kart as well? We did indeed, yes. Okay. There we go. And did you enjoy your presence? Yes. Um, except mine, um, because it hasn't arrived yet. Well, I wouldn't expect anything more. Uh, to be honest, the present was actually getting you to post on social media on my actual birthday. What was actually impressive was two minutes past midnight, and then when I first woke up in the morning, um, saying "Happy Birthdayzle, uh, Mike James of the Rockshire, Mike James of the Mike James Rockshire," and uh, doing that all completely off my own back this year, unlike last year where your brother had to tell me that it was your birthday because <laughs> I was off Facebook and completely forgot. How long have you known me? I've been um, getting on for 15 years. I was going to say 15, 16 years. My birthday's been... been the same every year. Well, again, but it is rather overshadowed. By what? I mean, there there is a 9-9 on the calendar just the day before. Yeah. And then, if you're American, 9-11 the day after your birthday. Oh, I get you. So, uh, you know, for me, uh, being uh, all about matching numbers is 9-9-19, that's almost 9-9-9. Which it was ten years ago, and that made me very happy ten years ago, because um, I dropped the O nine, uh, so it's just nine nine nine. Oh right, and for are you the new member of horror? <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's, uh, 
representing UK emergency services there, fam. Um, We've gone off on a weird tangent at the start of this podcast. And yeah, no, one just even, a no one even knows who our special guest is, and yes, even though they're no. an inspiration to us all. Uh, and that um, you've had a birthday. Um, I've not done much. Um, so maybe we should talk we about... Went, we did a local gig, but we'll talk about that on the radio show. Yes. But we did, yeah. We, we actually went out. Uh, together. I know. And held each other's... Beers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fireball. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, we don't drink anything apart from fireball. It's okay. We can do that in the edit. Oh, sweet. Right, cool. A <laughs> um, couple of shout-outs. Um, <laughs> to my the, editing skills. <laughs> to <laughs> Mike's <laughs> editing skills. Um <laughs> Another shout out, um, as always, to our long-standing listens to every podcast listener, Greg. Um, Word up, homie! Massive shout out to Mr. Sandman Games on Twitch. Oh yeah, I've heard about this. Yes, so there might be something interesting coming up for all of uh, the Twitches out there. Um, and I'm not talking. <laughs> um, I'm also not talking about you know uh, curtain Twitches where you watch what your neighbours are doing. Um, but, progress man there's a thing called the internet now. yeah just a little bit um, but no massive shout out to uh, Greg and Mr Sandman Games are we going to have to start doing merch now or, or, or like point system the more people that support us and get shout outs and then you get like a different score Fan- fantasy real life rock stars league yes <laughs> but the problem that we found with merch for either the uh, well based on the show is that I don't know a lot of people that are, like XL no, uh, no, sorry, triple XL or, <laughs> or small. And so we don't tend to do uh, much merch. And nobody really wants to wear our name apart from us, um, which is fine because that's the uh, role that we chose within the industry was <laughs> to be essentially salesmen um, of other people's music on the radio. Um, and then when that um, sort of, uh, not reached its uh, peak, but we decided that we wanted to do something else with the 12 years of experience, um, partly thanks to our special guest, um, that uh, we now do this. So, who is our special guest? For those of you who have clicked the link and seen the picture, it is Matt Stocks of Life in the Stocks podcast. You how- answered your own question. I know, then. right? That's awesome. Thank you. Um, however, for those of you who want to know how we know um, Matt, I'm actually going to have to hand over to Mike first because um, <laughs> you, he's going to have a cough. Oh, and just wet whistle. He's going to wet his whistle and then have a drink. Um and he'll let you know because I know Matt because of Mike and this is why Mike go I know Matt because uh, well basically when I first started off on uh, Phonic FM in Exeter here our little FM station um, Mr Stocks was involved with some shows on there hmm. uh, right, right about 12 years ago when we were setting up a station so it was still in its fledglings he was playing his sort of stuff and I was playing my stuff so we kind of knew each other through that and through association through friends and friends of the local community and stuff here in Exeter because they weren't like similar similar shows but similar ish genre enough to know each other's work yeah Yeah. so yeah obviously it was a brand new radio station so all the DJs were being social and knowing each other and stuff so that's probably like around the first time I've met him so like 11 12 years ago yeah yeah. local clubbing scene and stuff like that because Matt was a student at Exeter University so which is our hometown yeah yeah uh, we do a lot of work Exeter Uni as well which uh, again probably helped yes Um, but so I've known him since then uh, but then um, he couldn't get proper work and stuff down here being a postgraduate so moved back home as far as I'm aware to his parents in Birmingham um, within a few weeks was uh, working on Kerrang! Radio. 
And then um, a lot of what he's done personally since then, he actually covers in the podcast. Um, but we wanted to talk to him because uh, my sort of introduction, apart from knowing who he was, um, thanks to Mike sort of going, uh, this this is the Matt I've told you about that started that work for Krang and all this sort of stuff, is we uh, were at, uh, shout out to one of the stations that we're on, we were at um, Hammerfest, HRH Fest. Um, don't even know what that one's called. Hammerfest. Yeah, just Hammerfest. Yeah. Um, and this the wristbands are over there. <laughs> the original, um, I think, um, sort of HRH festival, isn't it, Hammerfest? Yes. Um, so this one uh, takes place on the north coast of Wales. Well, it um, was then. It was that. then, sorry. Um, and it's the same brand as HRH Magazine, HRH TV. We are actually, as a show, on HRH Radio. Um, alongside some very fantastic uh, presenters yeah. um, and uh, Matt got invited out as we did uh, to Hammerfest and just by sheer coincidence we were in a chalet uh, with him and good friend and shout out to uh, Mr. Alex Irons yeah. oh, by the way he's just started something quick side note check out guitar, uh, guitar stands for goalposts yeah that's a great little podcast it really is and I had um, a shout out to myself for uh, making sure that uh, the name of it sounded right because um, this is how much the press industry does work together um, Alex and me they just ended up on a phone call the other day uh, because we were chatting about stuff over messenger and it wasn't good enough we needed to talk to each other and he um, had a I can't remember what the longer version of it was but I just went no wasn't it good uh, oh, I can't remember um, but either way um, I, I like took one word out of it and I was just like nope do it as that he's like really I was like buddy ev every time every time we have this conversation I was like you have fantastic ideas Alex is like an idea factory um, but he does everything solo manning and this is another thing which you know we've discovered over the years is always best to have a, a somebody that you can bounce ideas off even if they're not like me and my car where we work together on both the show and this podcast it's always good to have uh, an ideas man as it were yeah yeah um so he did that um he's been a regular listener of this podcast as well um and so the four of us in a chalet in north wales um i do believe that fireball was actually passed around in that chalet as well way um, before we were right uh, yeah. everything to do with them yes um and basically um it was one of those and uh, like we me and mike being because we said that we're going to be completely honest on this podcast and one of the things that we um you know don't often tell people especially on the show is that we were burning out like we had been hammering the same concept of uh, the mike james rock show and because we are based in devon which is uh, the arse end of england um <laughs> And it's you know, a good hour and a half before civilization starts. And by civilization, we mean where um, Bristol, most, yeah, where most tours go. Um, and don't get me wrong, we had set a tone in the industry because you know years ago we were known as the nice guys in festival press areas. Because we still we, are, aren't we? I'd like to think so, but we turn up with extra plug boards for everybody, and like just uh, you know we've been cameramen for almost every publication out there when they're, <laughs> um, like double duty as they're taken over and all this sort of uh, jazz and like we had never really thought about our standing very much um, and this was around the same time as I believe we may have mentioned on uh, the podcast before um, that a, a gentleman called Smiley Dave yes um, a handle Smiley Dave UK um, uh, sort of came down from civilization um, to give us uh, a bit of a talking to and Matt Stocks decided to do exactly the same thing 
Um, and with Dave, it was just sort of, um, you know, a lot more personality branding based. Whereas Matt being almost uh, sort of exactly the same as us is um, his skills really lie in presenting, uh, DJing and interviewing. And he basically turned around and uh, said that um, he had nothing but admiration for us. And we're like, what do you mean? It's like, well, you know, you guys um, set the bar as far as what I like um, interviewer skills to be. It's like both of you have thrown away the notepads. We've talked about this before, no question and answers. Um, and he loved um, the fact that we were always so lovely because we had spent the weekend like sort of uh, discussing ideas, uh, talking about, because um, it was around the time that Life in the Stocks was actually starting. Um, I believe because it was 2017 our last uh, I time. think so yeah yeah our last time at Hammer Fair well, was it yeah. the year before either either or um, <laughs> but yeah we um, we uh, sort of uh, spent the weekend chatting to him and he really impressed upon us the fact that you know we we actually knew kind of more than we gave ourselves credit for and we had an, a, a unique perspective on the industry because we don't focus on any subgenres or um, any genres apart from it being is it heavy all right then um, <laughs> that's pretty much it yeah it's a heavy yeah all right yeah. and um so you know good uh, 18 months two years of us chatting to matt every time we saw him letting him know uh, what we were doing because you know we've we've got real life uh, um, stuff which is partly the reason we felt qualified to do the real life rockstars podcast um so we had jobs and uh, you know there's been various things like i don't know house moves or just life in somebody general. needs to buy a laptop you know stuff like that just slows stuff down for us because we're entirely independent and self-funded um and then when we came to him and let him know what this podcast was all about what the model we had worked out um who we had got on our um, sort of tick list or shit list depending on which way you're going to look <laughs> at it um he uh, basically went you know it is there is there room for us working together? We're like, well, glad you raised it because that makes it less awkward saying that we want you on it. Um, so Mike, I believe, is currently looking up a few figures by the look on your face. You, you no, have research face. I just thought I'd let people know what Matt's up to in the coming weeks. So I was just in that case, rehearsing that whilst you were regaling your story of our bits that we can remember. Of that uh, weekend. Of that chalet. Because that was a lot of fireball. I, I do remember at one point in that chalet, and I think there is an infamous photo of you and Stoxy. It's a there's a fold out sofa and with a weird bar, yeah. And, and, but you're folded, you're both folded up in it, just wetting yourselves, giggling away there, and it's pretending like, it's a roller coaster. That's it. Yeah. yeah, we were pretending it's a roller coaster. Yeah, that's like, the fun you have. Silly, silly things like that. Um, so yeah. Um, so long and short bit, we have a lot of love and admiration for Mr. Matt Stocks. And he is a direct reason why we are doing this yes. entirely. Um, so that being the case, um, when we were in the same place this year, uh, we decided to sit down. But as Mike said, he's <laughs> it, been... it took us three days. Yes. Um, <laughs> but what is he up to? Before we uh, hit play on uh, the podcast itself, what is Matt up to so, in the coming weeks? Coming up, Matt is... Obviously, he's got his amazing podcast. How many episodes is that on now? 127, it's... I think it is. Hang on. Just, uh, there we go. It was, yeah, it was about that. Amazing. Um, so, some of the guests he's recently had on um, have been really cool, actually, because he's kind of varied it up a bit, because it obviously comes from a rock and metal background like ourselves, but he has gone sort of down the comedy route in the last couple of weeks. Um, he really so has, and he's done a lot of uh, like this has been a, 
a theme because he talks about it in uh, the actual interview um, with us. Um, it's been a theme to not limit himself to rock and metal because he's very interested in stories. That's it, um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, there's, he's obviously very much embedded into the punk and sort of that kind of scar scene and thing. So mm. um, him teaming up with Fireball and the Fireball Tour is perfect sense. So if you're going to the Fireball Tour, which we have picked up lots on this uh, podcast and yes. our radio show, yes. um, he'll be DJing between all the bands and hyping the crowd up. But then he's also doing um, after-show parties at clubs close to the venues. And just to give you an quite idea cool. um, of why Fireball, because he's sponsored like us uh, by Fireball. His podcast is another one that they've managed to get to their name. But the reason why they ask him to DJ is not just the fact that he knows how to, you know, uh, do a digital DJ like a lot of people do these days. Matt is incredible at reading a room. Yeah. Um, thus proven when he went out with Steel Panther to hype the crowd for Steel Panther themselves. Yeah. Uh, that's the type of thing that Matt's doing with his time at the moment he uh, as well. He is also, uh, in a few weeks' time, heading out uh, to DJ the Flogging Molly tour. Amazing. Which is pretty cool. He's doing the whole of the Fireball tour. So he's keeping himself busy DJing and podcasting at the same time. Yeah. Which and is great. We, we love what he does because whether it be Steel Panther or whether it be Fireball, which are two very different genres, the Fireball tour is very sort of punk to ska punk. Yeah. Um, Matt, again, has such a back history of being able to line up the tunes that get people fired up. Not taking away the energy for the band to come but getting people in that in that mood because nothing kills a gig worse like me and Mike remember it was something like Lamb of God um, where they were playing pop music in between and yeah. do not do that to our Lamb of God fans because or the booing that happened or if you're DJing and the place is going off and you put Nickelback on oh shush <laughs> um, right so I've just looked it up because by the power of the internet the power of the web and uh, Matt posting up a post uh, last week about it. Helpful, um, helpful. Thank you, Matt. You you can see the some of the acts that he's he's had on recently, like uh, Matthew Pritchard and Lee Dayton, separate podcasts from Dirty Sanchez, which um, we go into in this podcast. Yes. So we're not talking about it lots now. No, no, no. Uh, Stephen Graham, who's an actor, but you'll probably know him from This Is England as the the thug guy. Um, and, again, uh, and he's on a lot of primetime BBC stuff now. He is like proper. And this goes into it Badass. again on the podcast, something because uh, we, yeah. we did our re-listen to it. Um, the one that really, we, well, we go into it in the podcast again is John Lydon. Yes, and I actually pitched this to somebody the other day because they're online watching a load of uh, uh, sort of Johnny Rotten um, okay. interviews. So when he was the Johnny Rotten character, I was like, actually, do you know what you should do? They're like, listen to where um, the podcast many years on. Um, yeah. John Lydon and um, like the the feedback as you'll be able to see if you like go and look at the comments uh, based on the John Lydon one. This is an, an incredible podcast. Um, I know we go into it on the interview, yeah. but um, it, it for so early in Matt's career as a podcaster to be able to pull off what he did uh, really shows you that he was a bit born for this. Mm. Um, so those are some notable moments some notable moments for me is um, uh, when I went back to because you're here on the interview though I didn't listen to it at the time of release is Gail Porter spoke massively to me 
Um, I also really like the Dom Jolly one uh, that he's done. That's one of my favourites. Yes, yeah, we've done the spoken word Q and A things on tour. And those as well with like Jesse Leach, uh, the Dirty Sanchez boys. But um, also, I really like the one he did with Nedge the other day. That was funny. Uh, but not only funny, but Nedge is such a interesting character. And what I love about Matt is Matt's the guy that made me confident in not knowing things. Because if he doesn't know something in an interview, he's one of the few interviewers out there that for years has turned around and gone, but I don't know this, so that's why I'm asking the question. And what a lot of people don't realise about me and Micah's interview is, is at a festival, part of the reason why sometimes we don't have details on the bands that we're interviewing is we've just done, as a show, so either cameraman running social media or as the interviewer, we could have just banged out three or four, but up to ten in less than a couple of hours. Interviews. Yeah, and you <laughs> shut up. Um, you just can't hold that information in. So what um, you know, what we've prided ourselves on because of people like Matt um, is to just roll with it and be a good interviewer and be able to admit your own mistakes. And that's something I really picked up from the Nedge one because there was a couple of moments where he didn't know what Nedge was talking about, mm. and so he talked about it, um, which was brilliant. He also did a, a run of interviews recently for the Edinburgh Festival. The yeah. Festival. And the one with uh, Susie Ruffer just got me mm-hmm. some of her stories and things. Oh, I think she's funny as a comedian anyway. And the fact that he's getting people like Nick Helm as well. Yeah. And these are big established BBC kind of type comedy acts and things. Well, they're, you know, live on the BBC. Yeah. Thing. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's there, man. He's not, he's not just a rock and metal. He's branching out. He's a podcaster for everybody. Yeah. So I think with that we should get into this interview. I think we should, otherwise we're just going to take more details away from the actual uh, Just ones. before I press play, I will say, search out Matt Stocks' podcast on the same platforms we're on, which is Acast, Spotify, iTunes, and the other one, SoundCloud. And um, his is just Life in the Stocks. Yes. So as with um, episode two of our podcast, when we had another podcaster on uh, Emma Van Dyke's from yep. Straight Out of Popcorn, we want you to listen to their podcast as much as we want you to continue listening to ours. There is a reason that we've t- chosen these people to do it. And this is just an interview with an interviewer. So at points he turns it back. And there was a very uncomfortable moment where I had to uh, like I felt like one of his podcast interviewers because he, <laughs> he just had a way of just demolishing. Uh, um, and I, I think I even say uh, that as I now I know how it feels to be on your podcast. Uh, but seriously, um, if you like any of the people on Matt's uh, podcast, Go and listen to it. You'll get an angle about them that you never expected yeah. to know. Oh, and also, this was recorded in the VIP area at Download this summer, so that's why there's lots of noise and stuff. I've done, oh, I, I've done my best at editing it, and it sounds pretty smart, I think, but that's what the background noise yeah. is. Yeah, um, shout out to the plane going overhead about 10 minutes in. Yes, there was that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, who was it on the stage? I can't remember. No, I can't remember. No, no, the... Right, well, I'll just press play to this interview then. Podcast. Right, so we're here with uh, Mr. Matthew Stocks, Life in the Stocks podcast, the, well, what I like to call the leading self-made podcaster of the music industry in the UK at the moment. Definitely, definitely inspiration of ours. I'm laying it on thick, so he's nice to us. Well, you laid it on thick yesterday, and it was very humbling. Very, very, <laughs> very kind words, um, so thank you. How does it feel to have uh, the feedback, because you've been nailing it now for about two years, uh, there are thereabouts, isn't it? You're in the second series of it, season? Yeah, as we currently chat, there's 108 episodes on there. I launched it in January 2017. Uh, it's certainly been a slow, long, gradual build as opposed to like a rushing overnight success. Yeah. Um, I would say 
what's been crazy this weekend actually is I've had loads of people coming up to me in the bar that I've been DJing in yeah. and every time someone approaches the booth my instant move because I'm a dickhead is to say sorry mate I don't do requests Same. we know and that feeling like, no no I don't want to ask for requests like I just want to say I love your podcast and I'm like oh shit I feel like a bad guy now <laughs> uh, I've had loads so many and that's the first time that's really happened on such a like mass well not mass scale but on a large scale um, mm. and I think a few factors have sort of combined to make things really kick off in the last particularly two months okay. uh, one was Stephen Graham and having him on around the time of The Virtues yeah. which is yeah. the new brilliant drama with Shane Meadows that was awesome interview in the program itself man. it was perfectly timed yeah, yeah. well and that week that he was yeah. on my podcast he was on Six Music uh, he was on the cover of The Guardian I think he was on uh, The One Show the Jonathan Ross Show so it was just perfectly timed with all of that and then the other big one was the Pancho episode so that was the fourth and final piece of the Dirty Sanchez puzzle that I've been assembling for the last well two years and that as well combined with the Stephen Graham thing there was an iTunes homepage feature and then I was also a guest on a couple of other podcasts and that definitely helped as well because you kind of poach their audience then a little so bit so I yeah. think all of those things combined in the last two months like the, the numbers the listening figures have literally tripled in the last six weeks that's awesome congratulations it's great isn't it and I think the reason is because now when people discover the show because there's such a big back catalogue they find it and then they go shit right I'm going to now listen to you know 20, 30, 40 other episodes and so then they're down the rabbit hole and they're in so if anything now is the best time for people to discover the show because that back catalogue is extensive and varied as well I think the, the variety of guests helps with getting like a variety of you know listeners well the one thing which um, sort of uh, alongside because you have had really good timing on a couple of moments which we've really enjoyed because coming from a similar background of both being interviewers and uh, doing taking different paths but similar ones it was lovely to see that um, you know the Johnny Rodden one in the infancy of the podcast got picked up really quickly episode 10 episode 10 and it was funny because I put uh, an Instagram post up about a week or so after I launched the show yeah alright boys Lost in Stereo over there check out Lost in Stereo we've everyone. just Great a band. second interviewed them you good just doing a podcast <laughs> um What was the question? Sorry. Uh, we were talking about the... Uh, oh, Johnny Rotten. Jo- so, yeah, I, I did a post, uh, yeah, about a week or so after I launched the show. And I was like, Johnny Rotten, dream guest. And then a week or two later, my friend Tony Cook, who's a great man, I owe him a lot. He's the person who got me the gig at the lock-up stage at Reading originally. From, he used to do Scream? He, yeah, he still yeah, does yeah, Scream, yeah. him and his oh, wife, okay. Claire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he messaged me and he was like, so um, how about a podcast with John Lydon then? Are you interested? I was like, does <laughs> nah. the Pope fuck kids? Of course I'm interested. <laughs> come and have a seat Bianca um, so yeah that was an early coup and, and what that did that episode opened a lot of doors because he's obviously you know he's a very credible not just a big name but he's someone who doesn't do a lot of press no he doesn't and so when he came on the show then when I went to pitch to other artists they'd go oh like Sean Ryder for instance said in the podcast that I did with him because we were talking about I'm a celebrity okay, get yeah. me out of the jungle yeah. and he was like the only reason I did that show was because John Lydon did it and he's like and that's the only reason I'm doing this podcast like if it's good enough for John if it's good enough for John <laughs> it's good enough for me but on the back so, of that, um, you've, uh, you've taken it out on the road as well haven't you now the, with uh, well, that, Sean Ryder that was really the Sanchez boys was where that began um so i had dayton on the show about a year and a half ago now and then through dayton i got to meet pritchard so i had him on as well 
and we just kind of forged a really fast friendship the three of us and because the response like those two episodes I haven't checked since launching series two but at the end of series one after the first hundred episodes the top two most listened to episodes out of everyone beating the likes of Sean Ryder John Lydon Gene Simmons was Pritchard one Dayton two and so that kind of made us all realise like the fan base for that show is very much still out there so we just kind of put our brains together and came up with this concept of doing like a 15 years of Dirty Sanchez celebratory spoken word evening with type show where we screen never before seen clips obviously tell all the stories from behind the scenes of what went on audience Q&A so that was the first one we did we did a six day tour uh, some shows were hugely successful others a little bit less so but it was like a trial and error as to which territories you know had the kind of the strongest contingency of Sanchez fans but um, yeah they went really well and so then after that I did one with Jesse Leach from Kill that was Switch Engage. Amazing. That was um, actually really they, the, one of the ones that we've uh, listened to quite a few times, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, that was uh, episode five, I think. So that was super early on. And that one and Laura Jane Grace, episode three, they both kind of helped set a tone quite early on for talking about, you know, difficult topics like depression, like suicide, like, you know, transgender I- issues. And um, well, so those is, uh, two really helped set that tone in that way. This is something that we wanted to actually talk to you about because from the start you've had a, a tone uh, with people and like we listen uh, to I like to call yours the unabridged podcast okay um, because El- elaborate um, so abridged ones are sort of edited uh, out right. bits and bobs sometimes it can be just the polish of people walking in or the ums and ers or sometimes things that people would not necessarily want to have aired but uh, what's sort of become known about your podcast is that yours is the unabridged one if you sign up to it it's kind of like signing up to everything going out yeah well what I do I hit record and then we do the chat and then I hit stop and 99.9% of the time what you hear is exactly from start to end what happened in the chat and luckily when I worked for Team Rock Radio I used to host a show there called uh, Soundtrack Apocalypse and that was basically my take on the Desert Island Discs format. But instead of being on a desert island, it's the end of the world. You've got to go below ground, live out the rest of your days in this kind of concrete compound. And you get five songs to take with you to listen to for all time. And then that would inform a larger discussion about, you know, the guest's entire life. Plane going overhead. And uh, that allowed me to develop just the long-form interview technique. And so now I'm pretty confident with that. And so, yeah, I, I don't really like to edit anything out. And, you know, there's bits in some episodes I've shared where, you know, I'll go to the bathroom mid-conversation with Kate Lawler. Yes, and she's I've just there chatting on her own. Like, oh, Matt's having a wee and we're still rolling, apparently. There's uh, the John Lydon one. I just start the interview at his hotel door. And we go in, like, the mics are rolling. And he's like, I'm John. I'm like, going crazy. And he's like, let's do it on the balcony so I can smoke. Uh, I just like keeping all that stuff in because most podcasts don't. And I think people like hearing that stuff. And it proves beyond any sort of doubt that it's real. And what you're hearing is very much a candid warts yeah, and yeah. all exchange of ideas and, and topics and things just between two people, it's, hopefully. It's, as a- it, it definitely, like, when we started listening to your show back then, uh, it kind of helped us in our technique as well with interviews because we've always we started off like 10 11 years ago question answers on bits of paper and then we kind of progressed into that whole actually just have a conversation with someone yeah and now after listening to your podcast and people like jamie jaster that's influenced us as well it's now a case of like we can't shut people up when we're doing interviews on camera for our radio show and stuff because it's a conversation half the time we're not even talking about their band or like the, the music and whatnot and that's what i like about your podcast is that you can draw this information out and quite often it's very sensitive information 
and you've just got this knack of the way you use your words and your toning and your timings and stuff like that to get the best out of people but also at the same time I feel that you're, you're very open and wear your heart on your sleeve and sometimes it's almost too much information you're sharing about your own personal life and like effects like your mother and things like that yeah so yeah well the uh, the gail um, porter one was big for that, that was that was so harrowing I, I told dan not to listen to it at the time because he was in a bit of a, <laughs> oh, right, he okay. was a bit of a place in his life so i said look just skip that one because we re- listen to your show every week oh thanks man and um yeah i just said to him just 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 skip it go back to it when you when you want to but don't do it this week because you're not in the right place but that's where we, we buffer off each other and can can help each other out. Um, what I'd like to know is, like, obviously you've, you've worked on Kerrang! Radio and Team Rock Radio. What was it that gave you the, the, the oomph to go and try the podcasting scene? Because it's, it's still a very fledgling kind of scene. It's only been going really, what, about five or six years for proper I'd say podcasting. it's almost been going ten now, but for the first okay. few years it was very much like, you know, there was probably ten podcasts or so. Ricky Gervais had a really early one. Um, that's how he made a lot of money as well. Yeah, yeah, and it was just a great, great chat, and they would obviously animate it, and so you could watch it as well. Um, so I guess the, the professional inspiration was that I was tired of just being laid off all the time. <laughs> like, so I worked for Kerrang! for four years, and then they shut the offices in Birmingham and fired half the staff, and I was one of the people who was let go. Fair and enough. then I moved to London, started up with Team Rock. After a year, they were like, oh, we're also going out of business. Everybody's out of work. That happened with Team Rock, the website as well. So I was writing for them and Metal Hammer every day for about two years after the radio closed down. And then they, as a company, just went bust yeah. entirely. Same thing with Scuzz. Most recently, I've yeah, done about yeah. two years with them and uh, just about three months ago now they said oh we're we're closing as well so the combination of all these things was like it's out of your control like I've never walked away from a job and gone into another one because I've always been fired without seeing that coming and I just got tired of having the carpet pulled from underneath me like every year it seemed like every company like the curse of me I don't know so I just went you know what I'm just going to set up my own thing and it's going to take a long time to build up and it still is very much in the process of building but no one can take it away from me like I know that no, no, nothing is well. going to happen that that podcast is ripped out and, and gone unless I just walk away from it which I'm never going to do and not only that but I get to pick the guests that I have on so I don't have to interview anyone I don't want to I talk about the things that I want to talk about and that I know the guests will want to talk about rather than the and there's a very much a time and a place for the standard promotional you know Q&A how's the tour tell yeah, us about the new record but that's not where my head's at. That's not where my heart's at with what I want to get out of people. I want to find out about, you know, the things that drive them, the things that move them, the things that they've been through and overcome. And just try and have these kind of very open discussions about often, you know, difficult subjects so that people can hopefully hear them, whatever it is, you know, whether you're talking about suicide or addiction or, you know, just day-to-day life. It makes the people listening, I think, feel less alone in their own woes and struggles and and it certainly, for me, has been a massive saving grace in my life for all the, like, the bullshit and the hard times that I've been through in the last couple yeah. of years to be able to get a lot of that stuff off my chest in the conversations without making it about me. Do you know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll never try and overshadow the guest and go on about myself, but I think when you open up a bit and share a bit of yourself with them, then they're more inclined to open up and share with you because you're not just trying to extract information out of them without giving anything of yourself up. So I'm very much, all my cards are on the table and I'm down to talk about anything. Because you guys, well, you have had moments um, where the brand, not was at risk, but had done some interviews which then news, shall we say, was announced after you had recorded, but you hadn't launched. So. Gene Simmons you're talking about. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one. That's the one. Well, and the thing with Gene is he's a very easy target and because he's very open about how many women he's allegedly slept with and you know in that complete 
me, brilliant Me Too movement, he was, I think, one of the people that was always going to get targeted because he'd always been such a, a misogynist. Oh, completely. Um, and But the stuff that was being said about him, I don't think was true. And, and he defends himself entirely. And so for me, I just have to go on what I hear firsthand from the person. And, you know, there's obviously three versions of every truth, isn't there? There's his version, there's the women's, and then what actually happened. But I held off sharing the episode once the, the allegations were sort of announced. Yeah. And nothing's come of them since, so I felt confident. And we talk about it in the podcast. He sort of says what happens, and, you know, all I can take is his word. Yeah. And, and I tried to, like, you know, I want to just have the full balance as well. So I had on a sex therapist called Dr. Amy Harwick. Yeah when I was in LA and she's a beautiful beautiful human being incredibly intelligent incredibly articulate and I got to get her perspective of the whole Me Too movement and feminism and sexism and and she shed some really insightful and objective and brilliant opinions on the matter that gave me more of a you know a full picture of the whole thing Um, I just think it's important to have different viewpoints on as well like somebody when I said I was going to have Gene on the show said I uh, I can't respect or support this decision after everything that you've said about mental health on your show because obviously you said some pretty horrible stuff about Robin Williams as well like if you're depressed yeah. just go and kill yourself or something to that effect yeah a little bit very stupid very misinformed very ignorant but again you know I'll get him on the show and we'll talk about those things and get him to justify why he said stuff like that and I think for me there should be no censorship and you're yeah. like I, because I have someone on the show that might have said or done something it doesn't mean I support or condone or agree with that I just want to talk to them about it and get their perspective you just become a conduit basically for them to get their viewpoint across which could be misconstrued in print media and other media where they can edit and well there's like a that. big thing now journalism has become clickbait Completely. bullshit yes. and people will often take a quote or a sentence out of a, an entire interview that run that as the headline and so people just react to that headline and they don't bother to read the full article and so they see these these things and you can say anything about anyone now and a career can be ruined like seemingly overnight and that's a scary thing for me like if people are racist sexist if they've committed like atrocities or wrongful acts then yeah we should be calling these people out but if people have just said something that might have been taken out of context and they don't deserve to be you know vilified in the way that they have i think there's this big trend right now with like online witch hunting and people are almost sat there with their snipers like waiting for someone to slip up and Gene is a very easy target for that because he's very outspoken. We even find that a little bit uh, from our roots as the show is um, we're very because I, I do most of the writing up of all of the interviews that we do. Right. So I sit there, listen to it a couple of times, uh, try and work out what's a good tagline, but isn't particularly clickbait. Yeah, and it isn't too gross and like you're cashing in, yeah. you know. And one thing which uh, like cause we talk to people, um, you know, uh, a lot of the time in regards to the show. Why do we not work for anybody else? Um, why, um, you know, why are we the way that we are after eleven years? It's like because we've managed to do eleven years of not being controversial. There goes my jacket. Um, <laughs> um, in fact, um, we uh, we've managed to get a reputation for doing the opposite. Um, we were talking earlier with some PRs about the fact that we've pulled entire interviews with massive bands because the content would have been picked apart, as you say, by the internet snipers. Um, and you were one of the people years ago that actually convinced us that was worth doing. Um, like when you reviewed the product, we met for the first time at uh, Hammerfest properly. Yeah, that was um, a great weekend. And you spent the entire weekend making me feel like I actually uh, did something right. Do you know what I mean? Um, that's why we wanted to sit down with you because it's been two years of the podcast. Um, and rather than just like um, sort of blowing smoke up your asses, you're part of the reason that we're sat here trying to do it ourselves because 
we wanted to utilize 10 years in the industry to help people for the same thing. Um, slightly uh, different guys as we're going to get a bit geeky into um, actually helping bands understand what the nature of the industry is about and we've done uh, ones with PRs but we had to sit down with you because you are the guy that almost risks the internet snipers every time that you sit down and record and yeah well um, for me I can't change anyone's opinion of me all I can do is be myself yeah. and it's that, that old phrase right those who mind or what's the phrase those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter like for me if you want to judge me then you obviously don't know me yeah um i won't go into the full story but there's someone in this industry who said some pretty scathing and outrageous things about me with no grounding in fact and i was chatting to someone last night about it and they're like why didn't you like get up and defend yourself and i was like well i shouldn't have to because what she said wasn't true um she basically called me like a sexist racist like and I was like, if you know anything about me, you know that that's not me. And if people want to go around thinking that about me, then that's fine. I can't change that. And I'm, not, I'm not going to defend something that I didn't do. Or do you know what I mean? I'm not about that. Like, think whatever you want about me, but my actions hopefully speak for the, the, you know, the nature of my character and who I am. I was going to say, it's an interesting thing because you've put hours and hours of insight into your character online. Well, all you, all you want to know about me is in my podcast. It's all there. Exactly. Wide open. Like, I have no secrets. I've got nothing to hide. Yeah, no, that, that's been an inspirational uh, thing because it's one of those ones where um, it's partly your personality that I think makes it work the, you know reputation is based on what actually happens in the interviews Yeah. and as I say is um, anybody that's worried about coming on to your podcast can actually go back and listen and you're one of the first people that I think um, did for me at least mental health in a non-romanticised way yes uh, with Jesse Lee I hate that I hate that glamorisation of it um, it's a fucking disgusting awful disease yeah, and it and should it, never be glamorised as something that's chic and and the way that you uh, went about it and especially like the, the Q&A session as well I thought that was a, a lovely thing did you hear the live one yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. completely um, I mean he's just a, he's one of those people he's a brilliant talker and he articulates all the things that I think and feel about that subject oh, I just in such a his, profound way I watch both of his Instagrams now combined just because yeah. um, I really enjoy um, the way he talks about mental health because Again, I like talking about it. I like being inspirational. I've given a mental health blog a chance and then <laughs> bottled it and deleted the entire thing. Really? Um, yeah, it was... Because you're afraid of putting yourself out there or...? No, I, I, I watch it back and I... Because uh, um, times got very dark after I stopped doing it. Right. And I don't, I don't have as much faith in my own advice anymore. The advice that I would get now is probably a lot more real. Um, not necessarily I was romanticising it, but... Um, I've learned a lot since I did it the first time around. And in fact, um, what we've uh, decided to do um, was um, a charity approach Mike a while back whilst I was still struggling um, and asked whether I'd be interested in um, using the fact that I have done like sort of mental health interviews at times past for a purpose and actually doing designated suicide prevention ones. Um, alongside a charity so we were, we've done a few at the moment but we're just waiting for the charity to get its bits and bobs sorted um, and that that seemed to make more sense um, as it were um, and I like I say I took a lot of inspiration from listening to you talk to people like Jesse Leach and realising that no, there, there are people out there that have really good ways of speaking really good ideals um, we're actually booked to have an interview with Jesse Leach 
um, on his last UK tour and they didn't even have to cancel it with us. We just watched his uh, social media and like, so, Killswitch are not going to do uh, an interview right now and we don't want them to. Yeah, he's, I mean, everything you want to know about Jesse is on his Instagram page. He's so open with what he shares. And yeah. what I love with people like him, and again, like the Laura Jane Grace one, is the transgender stuff and the mental health stuff, although it's very much at the heart of those conversations, it doesn't define them or who they are. And that's important for me with the show as well, is I'll talk about anything, but I don't want to be like the mental health guy. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, that, yeah. I want that to be one facet of many facets that I have going on. And that's why I like talking about, you know, fame and addiction and as many of those kind of big... I avoid politics most of the time just because I like to leave politics at the door when it comes to art. But it's so changeable anyway. It's yeah. The time well, that's the other thing is I like, to try and, uh, I like to try and make the conversations evergreen right so yeah. people can listen to them in five years time and they'll still be relevant I and mean, i remember when i was going to interview john lyden he'd been on this morning with pierce morgan or something and he'd said something to the effect <laughs> that he thought nigel farage was a good bloke or something and everyone was like, oh you're going to ask him about that and i was like well, of course i'm not it's fucking john lyden it's my hero like i'm not <laughs> going to ask him about nigel farage because that's a news story that will be dead and done in two weeks that's people we just like to sensationalize <laughs> they like to sensationalize you know and yeah. just jump on it and again john's a very complicated character and people like to talk shit about him but he's the reason people get to walk around with fucking green hair exactly. do you know what I mean like he was the guy who was out on the streets of London getting beaten up by cops like cops were threatening to plant drugs on him to ruin his career because punk then was such a threat to the status quo and he was the one that took all that shit so that now people can be tattooed yeah. you know they can be gay they can be openly different and weird and people forget that because he's become you know this figure of ridicule and he's a god, almost he, like he did a lot of work for the freaks out there mm. to make it okay to be different and he's the one that took all the heat you know he fell on the sword hats off to him okay to, um, be a punk and then grow up in my opinion like you well, can't he's, he's not growing old very graciously no, but, um, <laughs> with the softening of the character and stuff like that his is... character's not softened at all over the years I don't think I think if anything he's as spiky and I, I just meant the image because I, I remember was it the utterly butterly ad campaign or something like that but do you know the way he did that he did that because he never made any money from any Sex Pistols music and he used the money from that butter advert to reform public image get into the studio and make an album and the art speaks for itself and people like yeah. to go hi oh, he's a butter salesman it's like he pummeled all that money back into his art and made great music that's so cool. that's how, that's, that's, and it's interesting because Iggy Pop did a car advert but no one ever gives Iggy Pop shit you know he's like I'm not selling car insurance I'm selling time that's true no yeah, one yeah. ever calls up Iggy on that and yeah. that's interesting I think because again John's like he's the, he's the villain people like to pick on him whereas Iggy's like this kind of I suppose John... uh, Iggy's my dream guest Iggy is my number one ah, okay. all time dream guest that's what um, I was going to progress on to. Where's the, what's the future for uh, life in the stocks? You're into the future season is two more now. actors, lots more actors, lots more That's, comedians. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just did Ralph Steadman the other day. That episode isn't up yet, but okay. maybe by the time this goes up, it will be. And he obviously did all the artwork for Hunter S. Thompson's novels. Yeah, one of your guests um, was uh, playing here actually, the uh, Ed Gimble. Who? Ed Gimble. Oh, Ed Gamble. Yeah, Gamble, yeah, yeah, Gamble, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I texted him the other day. Uh, he said he's been having a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah, more comedians, more actors, more artists. Uh, I'm actually interviewing Chloe Trujillo, who's Robert Trujillo's wife, tomorrow. Okay. Because uh, she's an artist and she's got a gallery in London in July. So I'm going to chat to her tomorrow. And yeah, just try and diversify. Like, I've done enough music based guests now to have a solid foundation of, you know, yes. listeners who are into music. But, you know, the likes of Dirty Sanchez and Dom Jolly and Tom Green and these kind of like figures that are very much in that same scene. And I think if you like punk and rock and metal, you're probably going to like comedy. 
you know, you're probably going to watch a lot of movies. You're going to be interested in art. Well, it's like with the Dom Jolly one. Um, that was one that hooked me in personally to the other side of what you do. Uh, because I was like, oh, I remember that. Wonder what he has to say for himself because I had no idea what Dom Jolly was like. And what a fascinating, intelligent man. I, I literally did not want it to end. Like, I was driving at the time, I remember. Um, and uh, I was just listening to it, like, pausing to make sure I caught every inch of it. And to find out, like, how difficult uh, making the original show was was just really fascinating given that I watched it when it came out. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we all. Well, and also just the fact that he grew up in Lebanon. Like, what a crazy backstory that is and yeah, what that does yeah. to your psyche. Like, I was completely surprised at that. I thought he was like London based or something. Like, we yeah. grew up over here. Well, he went yeah. from Lebanon mm. to this very, very posh boarding school. So he went from like this war torn conflict zone to like, you know, the kind of school that people from Eton would attend and you know he's surrounded by these very posh privileged people compared to like you know the people he would have been surrounded by at school in Lebanon and then all the travel travel writing he does his book Dark Tourist is amazing and it's him like going to North Korea Chernobyl and just talking about like the the experience of going to these places as a tourist and like finding out what it's really like to live there and because we don't know much about North Korea, do you know what I mean? Because no news is allowed to be fed out. So everyone just has this very one-dimensional opinion of what that is a place is like. And he went there and sort of, you know, well, he kind of re- reinforced what the international <laughs> opinion of it is, which is a very weird place, like a full-on dictatorship in the old sense of the word, yeah, like the last one so. on earth probably. Um, but, yeah, that's the goal. And then just ultimately try and get more listeners and make more money. Because yes. <laughs> I always say, like, I'm not, I don't care about being rich but it is nice to be able to eat. Very much And so. <laughs> uh, the podcast is not quite at a, what I would call a livable wage yet, but it's definitely getting there. That's cool. And the reason I do so much DJing and live events is to you know, supplement the income, but the goal ultimately would be to try and do less DJing so I don't need to focus on that and can put all my time, attention, and energy into doing the podcast. And I'd like to try and do two episodes a week, ultimately. Wow. Um, and just have a constant stream. Yeah. Because Mark Maron, so w- what you guys have very kindly been saying about me, Mark Maron was that to me in his podcast, WTF. Like, he's just... And he was really the inspiration behind me wanting to talk to people more about their life than necessarily their craft or their work. Yeah. And he gets some of the best and biggest guests in the world, and he gets some of the best conversations out of them because he totally disarms them with how upfront he is and... He'll often say, like, I haven't seen the film if they're promoting a film. He's like, I haven't watched it. Like, I'm not interested in talking to you about that. I'm just going to talk about this instead. They're like, oh, okay. And I think for a lot of the people who come on these podcasts, it's refreshing for them to not have to answer the same questions over and over again, you know? And they almost relish the opportunity to talk about something different. Almost like we were saying earlier, it's a conversation with someone, not an interview. Uh, What advice would you give new podcasters, though? So essentially, us. Yeah, okay. Or, or people that want to get into it because there are so many podcasts out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's growing. the ultimate struggle is fighting through all the noise because there are so many. Yeah. Um, I would say the most important thing, first of all, is great equipment. Okay. Uh, because some of my early episodes, I wasn't au fait with the gear. The first one I recorded was Kyle Gass from Tenacious D. Uh, it went out as episode six, but it was the first yeah. one I did. But we did that in a, a bar, outdoors, there's music. And it's like unlistenable to me now. Like I went back and did a best of series one compilation and I left that one out because it was just unlistenable. And if you're going to ask people to sit down and listen to an hour long or sometimes more 
it needs to be good quality. audio then you, it needs to be like as good a content uh, not content good a quality yeah as, as you can muster with the budget that you have so I'd say splash out on some good mics I'd try first to, of all try to do interviews between the bands at download like we're doing at the moment uh, the audience might be able to hear there is a band just taken to the main no, stage no, no. <laughs> and then just like I guess have a clear vision of what you want to do and what you want to say mm-hmm. before you start so you know what you're going to be talking to people about and just try and set your stool very early on so people can know from almost the get-go like oh when we come here this is what we can expect yeah and then keep that and keep that consistency and don't you know mix it up too much that because i i've had a lot of different guests on but i don't feel like any of them have not made sense do you know what i mean like i don't feel like people have gone oh i wonder why he's had that person on that seems a bit weird yeah or maybe they've thought that but then they've heard it and then they're going oh actually no i can see why and it comes out in the conversation that you're listening yeah, to. Yeah. yeah 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 that's cool um i guess we should wrap it up there we've been chatting non-stop for quite some time and it is wrap it bit, up yeah, yeah i've got to go find my mate james from fireball he's probably crying in his tent right now because he wants to get out of it uh, right. <laughs> um just want to wish you good luck with uh, the rest of season two thank uh, you dude we will probably see you djing somewhere because you're off touring all the time and we're bound to bump into you at a festival or touring or something, man. So, yeah, I'll be at yeah. Reading. Oh, cool. um, so, and I'll be on the Fireball Tour in September. And uh, I'm actually, not that you guys will be there, or anyone listening to this probably, but I'm going on the Flogging Molly Solly Dog Cruise nice. in November. And it sets off from Miami, it goes to the Bahamas, and it's a three-day just punk rock extravaganza on a boat. And uh, I blagged myself a DJ set on there, which I'm That's really excited amazing. about. Yeah, man. So the Hawaiian shirts will be out in force for that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much for the really kind words, man. It means a lot. And it's... I've never had anybody in the industry above me put their arm around me and sort of say, like, I'm going to help you out or encourage you. I've never had that. And so if I can offer any encouragement, then, uh, you know, that's all that you can do is pass on, like, what you've learned and hopefully try and share some of that good energy you know and not hog it up because there's a lot of people in this, this industry who are very self-involved I find and they're not willing to go out on a limb and you know support their peers yeah. so I'm all about that wherever I can and it is it's cutthroat so if you can help people it's all big one one big family well, it doesn't cost day. you anything does it yeah. do you know what I mean it's the easiest thing in the world to just Be nice. give someone some words of encouragement and exactly doesn't, that's, that's what we try to do in our in our entire ethos is just helping people get to where they want to get we well you guys have, you know, we've probably known each other loosely now for what 10 years or so oh yeah at least and you know I've always seen you at the festivals working your ass off so <laughs> keep that yeah. up as well nobody can knock the work ethic there no no relentless yeah We're, so yeah. what's going on with this show when's it launching and what's the the first podcast oh, we'll, turn the, we'll, we'll wrap it up and we'll talk about that because okay. uh, it's going to be like a deja vu type thing for okay yeah, yeah 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 yeah, yeah uh, Matt Stocks from Life in the Socks the number one podcast in the UK I wish (laughs) download it thank you very much man cheers well there it is there it is anyway different um, festival sorry Um, just again re-listening to the very end of that as we uh, tend to full disclosure Um, the love that that man is uh, showing to the industry and to like the ethos don't really want to overstate much more do you know what I mean? Like that that really is what we're trying to do here. Yeah. And I don't want to overhammer the point. It was uh, just listening back was, was so much fun being able to talk to Matt like sort of podcast to podcast making it real. Um even though we hadn't launched it at that point. Um well I think something we can do is a, a a part two like maybe download next year or next summer oh, yeah. where we can just both catch up with each other and he's going to be stratospheric and we'll just be taking off yeah exactly <laughs> but what's really nice is um, for those people out there that are feeling a bit disheartened and feeling a little bit like their project may not be 
uh, the thing because I'm not going to uh, pretend that um, I am always confident about how things are going to go. I do struggle with her, um, you know, a lot of depression and anxiety, but uh, to see like Matt be so real about the journey that's taken him to this point um, and um, how much work and blood, sweat and tears has gone into keeping it going, but also the reason why, throwing back to the start of the episode where he was saying he didn't want the rug taken out from underneath him anymore, mm. just for anybody that's out there wondering or not if their project's going to work, their idea, their baby, their creative thing, just keep going. I, even if that doesn't necessarily lead you to where you want to go that it's doing things that does like me and Mike have done various things over the years before we settled on you know show just podcast. go with yeah exactly. just go with the flow and, uh, who would so, have thought three years ago that we would have DJed in one of the world's biggest super clubs in Eden in Ibiza supported oh, one yeah. of the biggest names in um, you know rock and metal uh, being the lead singer of uh, Godsmack I mean these things are just crazy it happens, um, just go with it. You you will have down times and you'll have up times. As, um, I can't remember the exact uh, me, uh, wording of the meme, and I'm not going to try to, but there's one meme that I particularly like, and it's just like, um, you can have good days, you can have bad days, up days, down days, long days, hard days, uh, tired days, shattered days, you know, buzzing days, all all the different types of days, but the point is is that you will turn up to each of them. Mm-hmm. And that's the point is uh, sometimes, you know, it even if you're busting stuff back down sorry mental health moment for uh, those who I don't realize I love to talk about this stuff um, is even if you're busting things down to you know minute by minute second by second putting one foot in front of the other just keep putting one foot in front of the other whether that be creatively on something like a podcast or whether this is on a much bigger scale of uh, emotional side is you know that is how we've kept going for 12 years is even if we've had to break it back down and make it real simple so that we can you know focus concentrate rebuild we are like Matt is a testament to not giving up yeah just keep going yeah so uh, shout out to Matt for reminding me all of that healthy stuff to be thinking about actually because we recorded that a few months ago yes it was now we're doing this one so yeah moment had Uh, shall we wrap up I think so man we will yeah we just want to Oh, shout like, out our social media I yeah guess. I was going to say last uh, sort of thing is um, Twitter we're at tweetmjrs Devon Dan and oh that Mike James Instagram we are Mike James Rock Show Devon Dan and oh that Mike James Facebook um, is just Mike James Rock Show um, you've got obviously the personal accounts and you can find them good luck and uh, we have a YouTube channel which again is just Mike James Rock Show if you ever want to see the visual side of uh, the interviews that you hear on our show our show can be listened to on Mixcloud at any time, but we also do go out on HRH in the UK on, at 1pm on a Sunday, and we go out at 10pm across the Rock Rage Network in America on Eastern Standard Time um, every Wednesday. <sighs> if you want um, to have a theme discussed on this podcast, so um, if you want two guys that um, geek out about this and love talking about the industry, set us a theme, set us a question um, you know, even if we don't know the answer to said question, we will really, really enjoy going and finding the answer for you. Um, for reference, we've already done uh, the Press Kits podcast, the last episode that we did, uh, based on people wanting help with Press Kits from two people that probably what, go through 100 Press Kits a week. <laughs> so, yeah, like set us questions, and you can either do that just through your favourite social media on Mike James Rock Show, or we do have a dedicated email for this podcast. Which is real life rockstars podcast at gmail.com. And yeah, 
any of those ways, more than welcome just to fire across something and say, hey, because um, it's just the two of us. It's always one or other of us running the network, so you'll chat to either of us if uh, you send anything across. Mm. It'd be nice. There we go. That's episode five in the can. Done. Thank you, Matt Stocks. Yes. And thank you, Fireball, for sponsoring both us and Matt Stocks. And putting on an awesome tour. And having very tasty whiskey. <laughs> and thanks to uh, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud and ACAS for hosting our podcast. Till yeah. next time. Toodle-bysies. Toodles.